We're aspiring to conspire at the spire. Times are dire. It's getting down to the wire. We're running out of rhymes this week on The Hapless Heroes. There's a pregnant pause. How, how far along are they? Welcome to another episode of the Hapless Heroes podcast. I'm Francesco, and tonight I will be your host in DM for this wonderful continuation of our adventure. I have a lovely cast of characters, as I do every week, and I'm going to introduce them starting on my digital left with Dave as Zero, Valen's Avatar of War. Greetings! Mike as Lord and Captain, Quinn Southwind. Ah. <laughs> Are you really going to make that your intro? Is you cracking open a fucking seltzer? Mm-hmm. Okay. A tall seltzer. Okay. It was a big seltzer. I wanted it to make a more powerful sound. It made a sound, though. But I think, but I think, it, I, think that, I think that's all the better. I think that just makes it even better. Oh, my God. Yeah, fuck it. We'll fix it in post. Nicole... <laughs> Nicole as Boris the Butcher. Mm, that seltzer looks delicious. Refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. Where are you guys getting all this stuff? And John as Lord Jarrell the Light. Which of you may I take with me? Last week on the show, in our much less seltzered environment uh you guys there was some there was some 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 things going on some some buffoonery some shenanigans some i don't know what you you know whatever you want to call it um boris stole a whole bunch of cured meats and veggies and things and put those in her pockets of holding hedrick continued to charm shalandria Quinn did his best to impress some guards who were unmoved by his words and charm. Uh. And Jarrell and Zero came, had a very intellectual discussion about religion and the gods. You guys are pointed in the direction of Archcleric Bronson, who is overseeing things in the absence of the Supreme Archcleric Pope Popeson, or Francis Popeson. Um, who is currently in Ardwall dealing with things with the Summit of the Southern Kingdoms and sent Jarrell here to f- fix the dire straits that High Rock is in after all of the temples of all the other gods, aside from Valen, have fallen. And panic and chaos have set in to the fair streets of this holy city. You guys were making your way up to the spire, this massive like 12 story tall 
tower that stands at sort of the edge and end of the large campus in which the Temple of Valen and its residents reside, far from the common people. You were told as you were entering the spire that, you know, only those of the Holy Order may actually ascend further up to the levels of the spire. So Jarrell may have to leave his companions on the main floor. And we'll see what happens, though, as we're going to open this episode walking into the spire. Now, the ground level here is... I mean, it's, it's definitely circular in fashion. There's no other necessarily rooms or other corridors or anything like that. It's just one large open room to your left. It, along, the, along the edge of the building on the wall is a, a staircase that slowly spirals up into the ceiling, which is about um, 15 feet high. And... There is a desk set into the center of the room. The back of it is filled with, you know, a manner of seating, you know, furniture like, you know, love seats, couches, chairs. There is a hearth burning with a, you know, warm fire there. There are, you know, a few different stewards running about. There's a few different shelves with some public at well, public access. I'm using air quotes, right? And, you know, to, books and things like that uh, to you know peruse for those, you know, of the archclerisy or it's, you know, anything adjacent to it to, you know, come in and peruse. And there is someone sitting at the uh, at that counter in front of a stack of you can see them actually arranging neatly like stacks of papers, you know, little like organizational thing like, like tchotchkes and whatnot all over the desk like arranging them in almost like a like a meticulous almost obsessive fashion like where everything like you know like moving like an ink uh well you know a few like centimeters to the left you know like just placing everything perfectly and like constantly fumbling and restarting and and, and just going over and over and over again and barely pays you any mind as you enter Uh, Jarrell would, of course, still bow to that person. And uh, this person looks very similar to some of the other, like, um, steward types that we've encountered so far from the Arch Clarice, you know, like that stereotypical, like, bald head with the, the ring of hair around, very plain clothes, you know, with just like sort of just like a rope tying the waist, you know, just very, very simple clothes, very humble um, but this person kind of like oh, in their sort of frantic organizational situation looks up and just addresses you. Oh, ah, yes. Oh, hello, Lord, Lord Durrell. Yes. Uh, oh, it is so nice to, to have you back, to have you back in the holy city. Oh, we are in dire need of your assistance. Oh, great one. Uh, this is truly unprecedented times, unprecedented times indeed. It is quite the pleasure to be back. Uh, I have desperate need to speak with Archcleric Bronson. Oh, yes, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Uh, he resides at the top level, uh, undoubtedly praying to Our Lady, searching for a solution, an answer to the madness that lies beyond the walls of our campus. Um, you, 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 you may, you may, you may ascend freely, but unfortunately, your, 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 your friends, your companions, your whomever you you have traveled in here with, will have to wait here with me. 
they are as I cannot allow them to ascend. They have not, you know, they are not pledged to the service of our of our God and our order. Given the dire circumstances, uh, it is imperative that we work together on this, and maybe more minds are better than just myself. Perhaps I could take one of them with me. Make a persuasion check. Uh, 21. Um, he seems hesitant. He says, oh, they're going to read me out for this. They're going to read me out for this. I know this, but fine. One companion, but they must, they must swear an oath of fealty to Our Lady. Uh, Jarrell puts his hand on Zero's shoulder. Fair enough. Zero would freely swear fealty. As it either means everything or nothing. <laughs> either way, it will be perfectly sincere. <laughs> okay, uh, the rest of you, please follow me. We have refreshments. We have many comfy places to sit. You can warm yourselves by the fire. You know, and just take, take a rest from your... Uh, uh, undoubtedly would have been a long day if you have just gotten here. As you can see, our city is in desperate need of assistance. And however, we we still can provide you know what we can to make you comfortable, as our esteemed guests. And he like ushers you towards the back, where like all the chairs and you know the fireplaces and stuff. That we be- appreciate that. Uh, as soon as this conversation is over, we intend to remedy what we can. Post haste. Okay, Boris, uh, what about you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling. <laughs> I'm surprised they're all still visible. <laughs> to be 100%. Surprised that. <laughs> I mean, Boris kind of realizes after a couple seconds that she's literally sitting there tapping her foot and looking back and forth very quickly like a cartoon character making a terrible, terrible decision and that it's probably pretty obvious. So she decides to go sit down for this particular moment. Okay, Quinn? Yeah, I'm not going to test any waters here, so I'm going to patiently wait. We all remember what happened the last time waters were tested here. Okay. I got powers. That's, uh, not here. Not here. Well, not here. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So the three of you sit in the waiting area, you know, and this, you know, you're very comfortable. You're brought, you know, there's uh, decanters of wine. If you, and, and, and there's also like, you know, just water, some like bread snacks, you know, like sweet rolls and also just like, bread with like maybe like a nice little tapenade. Boris pockets more than she eats. Ew. Like like the top like the raw tapenade too? Or are we talking just like the sweet rolls and things like that? The sweet rolls and things say, like that's gonna that. Be a yeah, very, like the, yeah. the, the, the items that I'll preserve for at least a, a little while. Okay. Hedrick, In a different pocket. <laughs> Hedrick considers pocketing a sweet roll. And then like, you know, clearly like he pulls his arms not gonna fit it's gonna get all sticky he just decides to eat it and then he watches boris and just you know kind of observes newest member of the crew hanging out with quinn quinn's obviously gonna do his own thing so he's just sitting back hey 
Hedrick, make me make me an intelligence check. A nine. Okay. This sweet roll is absolutely delicious. That doesn't make me feel any better now, Fran. <laughs> I don't understand why, like, why you don't feel good about this. I'm just saying that the sweet roll is delicious. That's that's the information I'm giving you. It's delicious. Is there any fizzy water? <laughs> Fran's antics are a false flag operation until proven otherwise. <laughs> don't let them get in your head. That's exactly what I'm aiming to do, though, and it's working. I'm in all of your heads now. Uh, once, once Boris has pocketed a couple of sweet rolls, she does observe where this cleric-type person has gone back to at this point. Steward goes back to the desk. There are other stewards milling about, though. There's probably another maybe four or five in here doing various tasks, cleaning, reorganizing, reading. Okay. And the Zero and Jarrell are allowed to go upstairs. Um, going, ascending the staircase that kind of rides the wall in a circle up, you reach uh, a short landing and then there is a door. The door itself has no handle. It is adorned with the same sort of filigree and, and, and sort of, you know, annotations that it's, you know, like of the Arch Clarice of Valen, you know, and that sort of design. Jarrell, you know that if you, you know, those of those who possess the faith may touch the door and you would be allowed entry. Uh, Jarrell does so. Yep. As soon as you place your hand on the door, you barely make contact before it unlatches and swings open. The stairs continue up a ways, you know, a little bit longer until it opens up actually into a very large chamber. I mean, you know, by large, I mean like, you know, taking up the entire dimensions of this spire um, with the ceilings high, like 30 feet high. There is almost like stadium seating arranged from like a depression in the center. Um, so like, you know, in this circular room, there's seats in like that kind of circle around and like kind of raise up each level. Um, is this to be the oration chamber where like, you know, ser you know, like private sermons are held or gatherings or meetings of the, of the faith and, and whatnot. Um, there doesn't appear to be any anything necessarily in the session. There are a few stewards in here would appear to be preparing for another session, you know, like, again, arranging papers, you know, doing all the things, you know, there's a bit of a to do in here, but there's not really like there's there are no uh, people of, of any importance necessarily gathered discussing anything at this time but the you can see that the staircase if you just continue to follow the wall um, does eventually start rising again and up to the third level okay if Jarrell doesn't recognize this as a particularly holy area uh, obviously it's like a, a pretty important area. It's a very important like, room for very important people to talk about very important things. But no holier than any other spot so far. Nope, just a functional room for that sort of thing. Okay. Yep, continuing on. So moving up to the third floor, um, in here you can actually see that the 
staircase ends and like when it when you get to the top to that landing the staircase then ends and the door there's a doorway to your left so you would be entering in kind of going towards the center of the um spire um same deal here where you know there is no knob to this door Gerald touches it yep it unlashes and swings open you enter in it ascends again just ever so slightly more maybe a few more steps and then you're actually in a short hallway at the end another set of stairs um that lead to like, like a couple like a couple steps that lead to a door and then um to your right and left there are two doors on either side of the room or the hallway here that would probably lead into other smaller or you know broken off chambers from this level ceiling here is about 15 feet high we're continuing on okay yep passing by the doors you reach the you know short step up to the door um this one does have a pull ring pull it you pull it it opens and yeah then you see the stairs again can like um continue up to your left so you follow that spiral again because you're now at the edge of the spire again and you reach the fourth level. In here is what appears to be a smaller, uh, well, I'm sorry, a, another type of like temple. There is a large altar um, towards the center of the room. There are pews arranged in here. There is a reliquary. Um, there's also... Uh, and it kind of goes off in like almost like a rectangular shape. There are some small antechambers you can see that are probably, you know, these sort of small semicircles that have, you know, doors kind of closing their entry, but, you know, like off to the sides of the, this like, uh, like church or, you know, like temple room itself. How far up the temple or the spire are we? You are on the fourth level. Out of? Six. And this is uh, this is a temple. This yeah, this is more of like uh, for private worship for those in like who in the upper echelons of the archclerisy. Um, Jarrell will put his hand to, to Zero's shoulder again for a second and say, "One moment, my friend. I'd like to try something." Um, and Jarrell will kneel at the altar um, and again try to pray and contact Valen from here. Sure. Now the altar itself, very finely crafted. It's made of marble with um, this cloth, you know, that like this very fine like silk that has a, a you know gold embroidery on it, and like almost like a like a, a red velvet runner in the center. Um, on top of the altar, there is there are two chalices as well as a holy symbol of Valen. Make me a perception check. My specialty. I know. I love it. Mm, mm. Oh, oh, a 13. Yeah, I mean, you're, you focus on your prayer. You say, you know, the words you need to say. You pray for guidance. You pray for, you know, just a sign, anything. Um, 
but nothing really happens. You don't notice anything change or any response or anything happen there. Daryl can uh, seems a little disappointed and continues on with Zero. Okay. Uh, briefly before we leave, Zero turns to Jarrell. She's there. She hears. You know it. I know she hears. It's more a question of the response I'm looking for. Lots of people are asking. Not a lot of people are getting responses. Not a lot she of people have her helmet. <laughs> Not a lot of people have our need either, but she'll respond when it's time, I'm sure. Um, Maybe I've spent a, too much time around you. Your faith is rubbed off. Something to note, too, is that you are the only two in this room. No one else is occupying this space. There's no stewards running around. There's no one keeping up on this space. There are, you know, candles are lit all over the place here, kind of lighting the joint. But there are, there is not another soul to be seen. Jarrell does take one look back at the temple before we continue up the stairs. Okay. It looks like a temple. So we continue on, yeah. Yeah. Um, so these this, these stairs to still follow that outside ring, so it, and they kind of just continue after like a short walk from kind of where you came up from. And those ascend further. Uh, this this goes up to another actually uh, just a plain a plain door as far as like no no special magic or anything like that another pull ring on this one and this one again goes up to the left and starts heading again towards the center of the spire. Okay. You open the door. In here is um, a large um, library, circular, spanning the entire room books from floor to ceiling. There are desks all over the place. Many people in here transcribing, writing. This is a lot of, this is where a lot of the history of the realms is kept. At least, you know, the records preserved and kept by the Archclerisy themselves. This is the records room. This is where anything that can be cataloged has been cataloged by the scribes of the church. And the scribes are furiously at work uh, as we're walking through, Jarrell turns to zero. Anything of importance you'd like to look for while we're here? Not many people get to be here. Most of the answers found in these, in the sort of books that would be here, wouldn't be of any particular relevance to me. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but maybe you know what I mean. Gerald does know what you mean, and they'll, con they'll continue on. He just wanted to give him a, sh a chance if he wanted to look for anything particular. Yeah, I don't think the sort of books here would justify my time looking at them, as you know, as the player thinking about it. Fair enough. Um, I mean, you're scanning the room, though, so both of you make perception checks. Sure. I have an 11. Unnat 20. <laughs> Unnat. Wonderful. Unnatural. Unnatural 20. Okay. Um, you notice it seems like almost mechanical in this room, like just because like all of the scribes are working in almost unison, like 
almost the same tasks. It's like one, like they all seem to finish a page and move on to the next one, almost in like rhythmic fashion. It's just like it, they are just pounding them out one after the other in like in sync almost, you know, with very slight deviations. Curious. Um, I would also like everybody on the ground floor to make perception checks for me, please. 28. 20. Four. Well, we're getting somewhere now, at least. Quinn, <laughs> Quinn and Boris, over time, are noticing that the five or... I think I said there was like about four other stewards plus the guy at the desk. So the five stewards that, you know, are kind of minding the fort down here. After, I don't know, how long has it been? Probably it's it's taken you guys probably like five minutes, maybe 10 minutes to like climb all these stairs to like get up to where you are now. Some of the stewards are like going from one task once they've like completed it to another, but then like after a short while, like return back to the same task they were performing before, like dusting the same shelf, like the same, you know, the same shelf on that, on that one particular area or that same item in the same shelf, like that little vase or whatever was there. It's almost robotic. Almost. It's just, it just seems like it's like, yeah, you're, you're like, he already cleaned that spot. Like, did he miss a spot? You know, I mean, you only notice it happened like once so far, right? It's only been five minutes, but it's like, you know, it's just like, he was literally just there. He moved on to something else after a couple minutes, went back and started doing the same thing again. We're going to go back to the top floor or the second, you know, top floor. Zero has stopped and is thinking. And after a moment, he turns to Lord Jarrell. Um, actually, before I do that, just on a quick scan, are there any vases or anything, you know, possibly breakable up here? An interesting question. There's a lot of bookshelves with a lot of books. There's a lot of desks. There are ink, you know, ink wells with quills in them. There are some empty positions at these desks where there are, you know, undisturbed papers and ink wells and quills and things inside the desks, probably. Nothing. No. No personal affects in here, though. Again, this is you know. This, there's this any is, lamps? Um, there are. Yeah, I'll say that there are some oil lanterns. You know, um, on some of the support beams, like hanging off the side from some from some some of the support beams in the center of the room that are you know supporting the structure here. Because the ceilings here are about right. twenty feet tall, and there's like ladders that are like climbing up the bookshelves. As I said, these are floor to ceiling. You know, with the way and they're like on these like little like like rollers that allow them to be kind of pulled from one section of a bookshelf to another. There's also a chandelier, a lone chandelier in the center of the room. Oh, that's just so tempting. All right. So, um, <laughs> Zero sees these things and walks over to one of the uh, empty desks, takes the top off of the, uh, the ink pot and uh, grabs a quill and Starts doing just a little bit of calligraphy on one of the pieces of paper uh, while, uh, you know, uh, idly while he's at it. Okay. Or Jabrell, you know, uh, I wasn't the first design they had. There was a little problem we came upon when we were uh, settling on the design. Um, 
You see, the closer and closer you get to, um, I, how, how best to put this in non-scientific terms, approximating people. I know it's, it's probably a little out of your field, but, um, when you're trying to fake a person or fake something, there is an issue when you get a little bit too close and closer and closer to the real thing. It was a thing they called the uncanny valley. And... One of the things we noticed is the closer and closer you get to perfection, there's one thing that uh, there's one thing that the product starts to lack. And Zero kind of picks up the ink pot in his hand, uh, steps away from the desk a few steps, and holds it up to around eye level, which is a good you know six and a half feet off the ground. Authenticity, and he drops the ink pot to let it shatter on the ground. So yeah, like ink goes all over the floor. Um, even some of it splashes up against, like, you know, your leg, zero. And all of the stewards in here, like, look at it. Like, look at the commotion. All at once? More or less. They all turn their heads. Mm. And they pause from their writing. They stop, you know, the actions that they were taking. And one of them stands up straight, walks over to like a small, like, 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 like standing, like a closet of some kind, you know, pulls out a mop, walks over and then just begins cleaning without saying a word. Zero starts uh, whistling. Just the, that little uh, ditty from the Sorcerer's Apprentice while, uh, <laughs> yeah. while going on. Um, Jarrell looks at Zero. Knowing that he did that. I'm not sure if Jarrell would be able to pick up what Zero is laying down there. <laughs> um, just knowing Jarrell. Um, should I do an insight you could just ask him I don't think he would what's he looking at Jarl what's the um, the guy cleaning up the quilt mm -hmm. the ink what's he looking at what is he looking at the ink mm -hmm. what isn't he looking at you hmm interesting huh I'm still standing right here and one of them has acted as though there's a single other person in the room Gerald kind of backs and up a the, little uh, bit zero, oh, sorry zero leans down to uh, towards uh, the uh, the uh, uh, person working on the floor isn't that right friend I'm just doing my job he says but of course you are What is that job? Well, there's some ink spilled, so I'm cleaning it. Isn't there? Not a single eye towards first causes anywhere in this town. Not since we've entered town, not here, not anywhere. Not a single person has wondered with a single 
symptom or a single thing beyond the symptoms they see in front of them. They see civil unrest. They turn to the people who are uh, who are perpetrating the unrest without a word to what's causing it. I drop an ink pot. They clean up the ink, not so much as a glance to the one who dropped it. No one is thinking about first causes here at all. It's concerning. Cheryl is just thinking about literally almost every other person's because he's like thinking back to all the other people that have seen zero for the first time <laughs> being um a robot <laughs> you don't frequently see them um he's again bothered by this and he again piecing together bits and pieces um but he obviously still has trust in the faith so he's going to start to continue on unless Zero has anything else to add. No, I think I've seen enough here. Yeah. Um, I think they, they, they're both coming to similar conclusions. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Even if Jarrell's a little bit behind Zero. <laughs> Zero could be off base. I haven't really had time to test anything with any real scientific rigor, but you know, yeah. we're making it up as we go. Proper Omega Project science. Okay. Are you guys moving on? Yes. Okay. Um, you guys begin to ascend the stairs to the sixth and final level. On the ground floor. Everyone make me perception checks again. Heavy T. Quinn got an eight. 28? I feel like that's exactly what I got last time. Damn. So, Boris, you know for sure now that it's been about now at this point, probably about 15 minutes. Every single steward on this floor has repeated the same four or five tasks exactly the same way every time over the course of maybe five minutes. Question, are any of the bags of grains that I picked up corn? No. Wait, hold okay, on. You know, just well, actually, you know what? Because I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of enjoying where this thought train is going here, um, even though I'm not entirely sure what you're about to do. But I'm going to say yes, because you know what? Corn is a very common vegetable that would be, you know, grown in these parts. So, sure, you have a sack of corn. Oh. How large is the sack of corn? Two pounds. Hmm. Okay. How large is the hearth? You know what? It's larger than a two-pound sack of corn. Yes. Or it just hucks the whole bag of corn into the hearth. Okay. You know, like embers fly up, right? The sack um, begins to smolder. 
you know, because it's made of like a like woven like burlap, it doesn't like just immediately like catch fire and like you know just burst into flame like you know like a piece of paper would, but it begins to you know catch fire, and you know the corn inside is beginning to get hotter and char and eventually begins to pop. Just pop, pop, you know, starts slow at first, and then it's like a cacophony of just like you know kernels just popping, and. You know, two of the stewards, like, you know, stop what they're doing and begin to come and start cleaning up all of the corn that is being popped all over the floor. Sweeping it up into dustpans, bringing it to some receptacle, coming back just mindlessly, just without even barely, like, not even addressing you, just cleaning. Boris, what the hell was that? What are these guys doing? They didn't even care that you threw that in the fire. I mean, and they they just keep cleaning all the same things over and over again. Yeah, uh, I just started to notice that. I noticed like, that a while ago, and I just got bored of watching. <laughs> of course, she did, Cap. <laughs> so redundant. Well, don't you think there may be something wrong with them? Uh, don't you think maybe the Zero and Javriel up there are going to run into somebody that is affecting everyone around here? When don't we run into something like that? Definitely possible. And one of us should maybe go upstairs and check on them. I can uh, certainly go invisible myself. I know the Captain Lord Benevolent Yada Yada can do the same. I can. <laughs> I think it might be a little difficult if all three of us were to leave this room right now. Um. I will volunteer unless other uh, you guys have other plans and would rather do do it yourself. I mean, I'm pretty sneaky, but not invisible sneaky. Well, I suppose I can uh, do my best. Excuse me, uh, steward here. Which way to the uh, gentleman's room? Oh, yes, it's actually uh, outside and uh, to the left. Well, thank you very much. Um, there is a door, or just like an entryway. It would. It would you, you would have to exit from where you came in, and there's like a like outhouses uh, outside of the spire. Okay. No pooping in the spire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't shit where you pray, man. Come on. <laughs> well, of course. Well, geez, that, that, the implications of people whose offices are on the top floor are horrifying. <laughs> 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 uh, just running down there's, the there's probably private chambers for those of a higher echelon. However, those chambers do not exist for the lowly. Hold it, um, hold it, hold stewards. it, hold it, hold it. <laughs> so many stairs. <laughs> Cassock kind of up around his hips, like <laughs> 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 quickly down the stairs. 
If I were to just leave the room that we were enjoying those refreshments in by the hearth, that is one open area? It's all one, yeah, open floor plan on this first floor here. Okay. Okay. I have to at least make it seem like I'm doing what I said I was going to do. As I open that front door, I, I imagine you I'm seeing guards everywhere. You don't open that front door. It is locked. Oh. Hold it. I will just uh, kind of just like smile and then continue to walk the way I saw Jabril go. Um, the steward who is behind the desk says, no, 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 only the faithful. Only the faithful may climb the stairs. I must ask you to please remove yourself from the stairs immediately. Boris immediately runs over to the desk and shoves all of the papers off of it. <laughs> like in a flurry into the room. Wow. Um, the steward begins frantically catching the pages as they're falling from them and like, arranging them again, like lo- looking at the pages and then putting them in the proper like order. As if there was like, you know, like a, you know, like they were like sequential. You know, shuffling up, grabbing the ones from the ground, like trying to like reset. This it is now frantically occupied with doing that. As soon as neither of the stewards are observing me, I would just go invisible. Which are you using? Just invisibility, or are you using something else? Oh well, I suppose it's greater invisibility. Oh, that's pretty great. All right. Um, you, I would like for you to roll me a d100. All right. <laughs> 32. Just a moment. Uh-oh. Yikes. Wait, is this the wild magic table? that we, <laughs> I haven't heard this in a while. <laughs> the DM asks you to roll a d100 and says, hold one minute. You know there's... <laughs> Shit hitting fans. As you begin to cast the spell, it feels odd to you. Like, you know, you kind of pulling from the weave and trying to, you know, kind of craft the spell as you're gesticulating and and, and enchanting the words that, I mean, you've cast the spell before. You know how it works. Instead, the spell fizzles and an overwhelming amount of confetti flies from your hands. Confetti! Overwhelming amount. (laughs) All creatures... All creatures in a 15-foot cone in front of you are now heavily obscured. And you to them. Because of all the confetti! And now the other stewards who are cleaning up, who are not cleaning up the popcorn and who is not shuffling the papers now begin frantically sweeping up confetti. But your spell failed. I will try to make that motion to go... (laughs) Continue to follow the way uh, I follow, I saw Jabra go. Yeah. <laughs> Failed successful. <laughs> so everything that like Hedrick casts through music, or I would think through movement as well, like dance can certainly be part of it. He's like kind of a jester, mm-hmm. and he can tumble and he can flip. And your uh, music, yeah, your musical implements are your arcane focus. So I would imagine he has a drum. You know, he's kind of tapping when he starts his rhythms. He can pull his lute out or he can start to cast using other formations, right? And when this whole confetti flies out, it's startling. And certainly he sees the effect that it has and then just, it's a back handspring, boop, boop, right out of the room. Towards the stairs? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you go to the stairs. They I would go like up to and reach that step. landing and a door with no knob that is firmly closed. Well, I would at least... Uh, he said only the faithful, right? Right? Didn't he say only believers? I mean, you're talking to yourself right now because right now there is a cacophony of popcorn popping downstairs, <laughs> confetti flying around, and people shuffling about. So you're just exclaiming that out loud to yourself. Uh, Hedrick will try to attempt to pray to Valen. What do you say? What is your prayer? So his prayer would simply be, Valen, I've never tried to speak to you before, but you have been a guide to my good friend, Jarrell. And I hope, if I could, be a follower of you that you would guide me. And in one of the ways I would serve is by protecting Jabriel when I can, if you will. Okay, you say the words. I would, I would at least try to push the door and touch the door and see if anything would work at the door. You press your hand against it. There's a pregnant pause. How, how far long are they? <laughs> it's better than a pregnant <laughs> oh, I don't know why I bother. <laughs> and after a moment, <laughs> the door swings open to your touch. Back on the top floor, <laughs> Zero and Jarrell, you guys ascend further to the sixth level. Here there is once more a door with no handle. Yep, Jarrell touches it. You touch it and it swings open wide. Oh, like fast, super fast. Mm -hmm. Okay. This room... It's very high ceilings. In fact, the ceilings actually go right up to the pointed peak of the spire. There are there's like scaffolding and you know rafters above your heads as like you know like it reaches that conical sort of grade. Um, there are portholes at the top there. You can actually see that there are a number of um, ravens perched on the scaffolding. Um, the swing of the door open and like the thud it makes as it hits the wall, you know, kind of causes some of the birds to start fluttering around and flying up there. But it's kind of, you know, you can barely make that out because projected against sort of the, the ceiling is almost like this backdrop like of like a, the night sky. It's almost if, it is if you were looking to the outside of the tower itself. You can see the constellations and everything like that mapped out as it slowly swirls, you know, very, very slowly across the top. It was daytime when we arrived. Yes, this is just a projection of like the sky, yeah. like the night sky with like the constellations and things like that. Across the room for you, because it's one of those situations again where the door opens to your side and now kind of opens up into like the center of the room. Directly at the end, there is a raised um, section of the room that has 
a dais with a large crystal ball set on top of it. Um, there are two doors that go off to the side of that like sort of raised platform that seems to extend back to something further behind where it actually reaches the walls. Like there's like a, like a, uh, a chamber kind of set into that. On either side of you, there are, you know, candelabra standing. There are, um, you know, many different, like, smaller rooms and antechambers off to the side. And you're kind of staring kind of down this almost like tunnel. It's carpeted from the entryway all the way to the race platform and even up the steps. There is a lone figure wearing, you know, clerical robes, um, looking... You know, like like with like a book in one hand, looking down into the crystal ball. And he looks up as he as you you know as he sees the door swing open. Ah, Lord Jarrell, we have been expecting your arrival. Please, do come in. Do I know uh, Arch Cleric Bronson? From, I mean, I, the Supreme Arch Cleric seemed to know me, like more personally, yeah. because he had taken me in almost by almost himself after my father. You, had you know father. of Arch Cleric Bronson, but he's not someone you've really worked with much in the past. Like you know, you may have fetched a thing for to him for you know for him you know a thing or two for him in the past, like you know in your early years, just kind of assisting and helping you know as you were taken under the wing and learning the ways of the Arch Clericy. But he's not someone you know well. Do I remember anything about him in particular? I don't know. Roll me a history check. Uh, oh, I'm going to use my inspiration. I'm going to use my inspiration because that's a nat one. I'm going to use my inspiration. It's still an 11, but it's not a nat one. It's a, no, a 12. I'm sorry. You don't know too much about him. He kept to himself mostly. He had his own duties and his own responsibilities. So it's it's you don't really know too much about yeah. you know what his He's essentially a stranger was. to me. Okay. You know him by name and in position only. You you don't really know him like personally. Do I know what that orb is? No. You've actually never been up here. You've never been allowed up here before. I am allowed, but I've never been. Okay. You've um, yeah. You've never been. You've never like had any reason to be here. Jarrell will bow. Uh, Archclerk Bronson. Uh, it is a pleasure to finally make your acquaintance. Let me introduce you to Omega Prototype uh, Zero. Before you get any further in the room, uh, have you uh, have you started walking in, or are you still at the door, Jaro? Uh, no, I'm making introductions before we enter. Oh, okay, good. I, uh, I'm okay. sorry. I, I'm sorry, my lord. It's it's quite hard to hear you from here. Please, do come in. We can exchange pleasantries at that point. Um, yeah, Jarrell would enter. Zero will stay half a step behind and one step to the right, Jarrell's right at all times. So he's at his right hand slightly behind. He Zero will not do any bowing when Jarrell does, though. He's just going to stand there and, you know, look like someone of his station would. And, uh... Deal with the person he's supposed to protect. 
Gotcha. Arch Cleric Bronson then says to you, Jarrell, Oh, do close the door behind you. It can get a bit drafty in here. Uh, does Jarrell only have to touch the door to close it? You'd have to like actually swing it closed. Oh, I have to, I have to push it. It doesn't just close on its own if I, after I touch it. No. Okay. Do you Jarrell do that? Would. Yeah. Okay. Then you close the door. Thank you. Now that that business is out of the way, what have you come here seeking? I assume the Supreme Arch Cleric sent you. He did. I have been sent uh, for this almost singular purpose of preventing the fall of this tower and the temple, of course. However, there may be some bigger things at play here. Ah, yes. Well, what do you make of our current situation, then? Have you ever seen what happens to the followers of a faith when their god actually dies? He says, I mean, I am but a humble human who's only lived a short life pales in comparison to those of other races who may see centuries pass. These are unprecedented times, my lord, as you know. Uh, All I see is the people revolting, rising up against the faith, biting the hand that feeds, sowing chaos where there should be order, disregarding the rule of law, when that is what has protected them for centuries. What do you make of that situation, Oath Taker? Jarrell kind of... So there's like a, almost like a circle around where he's reading in front of this orb. Um, it's, it's, it's actually more like a raised like platform that kind of gets almost like... It's almost trapezoidal because it kind of angles and then there's doors that go off to the left and right to like a chamber behind. Mm-hmm. So... Jarrell kind of like moves to the left in front of him uh, and says, my purpose is to restore that order. How many of our growing ranks have come from the other faiths recently? Only a few. We've had to put the call out outside of High Rock. There are too many running mad in the street. What would you do about this problem with the rabble and this lawlessness that pervades our streets. How would you suggest we solve this? Have How many of your paladins have reached a level where they could successfully bless or remove curses from individuals? None. We have not had the time and the connection to Our Lady has been disturbed. However, those of us of the higher, highest calling still are able to feel the, the grace of her wisdom. Jarrell would know that Bless and some of those more basic... I need to stop you there. No, it's not, because you don't even, you don't even get to cast spells to level three. So, oh, okay, so it's three. So no, no, not many have reached level three. 
And and by that I mean like, dude, it takes an incredible amount of like skill and experience to actually reach that. Like, I think that you have to understand like a like a D and D player character is already more powerful than the average person, even at level one. Sure. So it is actually quite rare to have a large number of people possess that level of power. Even if to you it may seem minuscule, because you did that ages ago. Right. Others, it takes a lifetime to even reach that level. So most, most of these people are foot soldiers. Are going to be able to do, yeah, they're, they're, they're just, just soldiers. Foot, foot soldiers of the faith. Being called paladins. Because the most base level, that is exactly what they did. They, 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 take, they take the oath and they serve the, they, they serve the Archclerisy and Valen with their, with their might. So <clears throat> the question he poses is still um, whether or not they've tried blessing or converting even the individuals driven mad we have we have been rejected as you can see look at what look at what was happening when you first arrived here I saw your arrival and he looks down at the crystal ball I saw you trying to help the lawless heathens have you forgotten your oath to preserve law and order That's always been the problem with you, Jarrell. It's never been about your oath. It's always been about your personal glory. You've been blinded by the higher calling. You've been blinded by your own arrogance. So we've decided, we've brought you here to do a little better this time. And he like waves his hand and from the door to his right, so to your left, it opens up and out walks Jarrell. And that's what we're going to call this episode of the Hapless Heroes podcast. Doppelganger! Doppel- Goddamn doppelgangers! <laughs> doppelganger! <laughs> Doppelganger. This is doppelception. <laughs> if you like us, you can find us on the internet. We are on such places as Twitter and Hap- and uh, oh my god, Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Hapless Heroes. You could also find us by searching Facebook or Reddit for some, uh, just a Hapless Heroes podcast. Those places will really just redirect you, though, to what we consider to be the crown jewel of our internet presence and where we hang out most of the time, our Discord server. You can meet, interact with us, the cast, or our, the wonderful members of our audience and talk about all manner of topics, whether it's your favorite episodes, which we have spoiler tagged. So even if you're, you know, catching up from some other later time, like you won't have to worry about spoiling things for yourself just so much. Um, to just other topics like, you know, why does pineapple not belong on pizza? Don't say anything, Nicole. I see the so face. many reasons. <laughs> um, and other contentious topics such as that. We promise to keep it a safe, inclusive, and awesome space for everyone. So, you know, it's uh, just a cool place to hang out. 
But if you really like us, you could leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. Um, it's just a wonderful thing. Whenever we see another review come in, it just really, you know, just makes us feel all happy and like we're doing the right things over here with this little amateur podcast we've been doing for the last four years. And hey, if you write some nice words about us, we will say some nice words right back to you right here on the air and tell you that and, and treat you like the five-star human that you are. But if you really really like us you can donate to our patreon just patreon.com slash hapless heroes we have a lot of great rewards at every tier whether it's just a shiny roll in our discord server to access to bloopers and behind the scenes audio and other things that we just keep slapping in there to entice you to help support our show and really i mean even if you don't have the funds and just enjoy listening to the show that's cool too we're not forcing you to pay for this we do this for free but for those of you who have donated we've effing love you you've helped us literally pay our hosting costs for the last two years it's been uh, a tremendous help as well as just you know maintaining all the equipment that we use and in these challenging times especially and if you like us right now you love us sally fields and the whole deal <laughs> um buy a farm a whole farm it's gonna be it's gonna be expensive so you might have to save up for a while <laughs> but buy a farm, get all the different animals, and dress each animal up as your favorite specific characters. Um, I'm curious to see which animal would be which character for sure. I already know what to do is going to be, but I mean the rest of them. Um, and have them perform your favorite episodes of the Hapless Heroes for anyone who will pay to see it. Well, I'm only accepting Sally, Sally Fields. Uh, because it was a doppelganger episode. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple field. <laughs> With a Z. Right. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go ahead and doppel us out of this. Uh, <laughs> that was by outroing. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> awful. I may claim full responsibility for that. <laughs> Starting from my right, we've had John playing Lord Jarrell the Light. No, it can't be! It's impossible! <laughs> Phil, as Hedrick the Entertainer. How did I do that? How did it even fit up my sleeves? <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, as Boris the Butcher. Ooh, confetti! Mike, as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Ah! <laughs> and Dave. <laughs> As Zero, Valen's Avatar of War. Fantastic. Now we have two frauds in the room. <laughs> and I'm Francesco. I've been your host and DM. We'll see you next week as we continue this thrilling adventure. Bye-bye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.